podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Nina Kaza Show. Um, oh, what do I say? Oh, I suppose the first thing I've got to do is um, just to let you know that this show is brought to you in partnership with Liberty Shield, your perfect VPN companion for all your entertainment and privacy needs, where you can get a massive 25% off using the coupon code AIVPN. Liberty Shields offers free VPN apps for iOS, Android, Amazon Fire Stick, Mac and Windows. Oh gosh, fucking hell, what on earth? I don't even know what to say. Uh, finished 1 1. I am absolutely disgusted. I am absolutely appalled. I feel like all the joy has just been sucked out of the game that I loved. And, um, you know what? There's lots to talk about. And, um, I've got the perfect guest for this. Um, it's kind of a shame because every time I have these two guys on, I get dead excited, but we're always talking about that bullshit thing time and time again. So without further ado, let me introduce my guests. I am delighted to be joined by Amanda Angulo and Justin Wells. Guys, welcome to the show. Hey, man. Y- yeah. I'm clearly and obviously annoyed. Yes. <laughs> and you would be well within your rights to be annoyed. I mean... Guys, before we kind of go into like just talking about things, I mean, on a scale of one to ten, just how pissed off are you? Because this year has not been great. It's been awful. And football, because I mean, like, I'm in tier three in, in the UK, uh, you know, can't, we, we can't do much and I'm not going to do much anyway because I still don't think it's much safe. But football was always my escapism in life. And I used to use it as a now, you know, whatever happened, I had the game. Even when Liverpool were terrible, I, I still used to watch and I still used to love and I used to get so much joy from watching football. And I feel like the game is dying dead. Um, Talk to me and uh, I'll I'll come to Justin first. I mean... For me, it's going to all come down to talking about that last incident, right? Now, you have Danny Welbeck going out and saying that it's a soft, you know, he he gets a, they get a soft penalty because of VAR. Now, isn't the point of VAR to adjudicate clear and obvious mistakes? I'm sorry, you know what? Looking at that on VAR, yeah, it's possibly a penalty on Andrew Robertson. Possibly, right? I, I, I would even go as far as admitting that I don't, but like the whole point here is, it should never go to VAR because it's not a clear and obvious mistake. The whole point of video review is to fix clear and obvious mistakes, right? The two offside calls, I'm not going to get too bent out of shape out of them because you know what? The rule is the rule. And it's very clear that the entire premise of VAR with offsides is to negate any and all offsides. That's fine, right? It is what it is. The first one with Salah, it's marginal. And I don't think he gains much of an advantage from it, but I'm not going to be bothered by it because the rule is the rule. On the other hand, the use of VAR for clear and obvious errors what constitutes a clear and obvious error? Because if that at the end of the match is a clear and obvious error, um, you know, game's gone. What about you, Mando? I, mean, I know you woke up at stupid o'clock to watch that. And we kind of had a chat before we got on the pod. So 
I think I think you know what, Nin. Honestly, the most annoying thing is just the joy of football. Like you said, is gone. Right? Whether good or bad, I'm not a sore loser. I don't really care. Um, I mean, I, obviously, none of us do. We've put up with fucking terrible times, and we watch great football. And all in all, we all are there, committed to the cause, and enjoy it. That's why we do this because we enjoy it. It's not enjoyable anymore. Literally, it's not enjoyable anymore. Like, you don't celebrate goals. You hold your breath. You sit there. You wait. You twiddle your thumbs. You know that this is going to be checked. Danny Welbeck today, um, Justin was saying earlier, I haven't seen it yet, but Danny Welbeck afterwards himself said that was a soft pen. Um, honestly, at, at a certain point, it you know, we got to make decisions and, and we got to figure it out, but this is not the game of football. This isn't what people fell in love with. This isn't what has fucking happened for centuries and people have enjoyed and loved and and honestly have have have, have, have just committed so much of themselves into. Uh, this just is something different. Like, honestly, this year, like the game, has just been really bad. It's not enjoyable. Nothing is good. Um, and I hate that the, the fact that I have to talk about this with you and with Justin – all the time. Like, I hate that this is the conversation. We should be talking about football. I miss the days when we would talk about how bad Lucas Leva was. I miss the days about talking about how fucking you wish things would happen in the game of football and tactically and, and who's not doing their job and, 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 you know, pissed off at Brendan Rodgers. I miss that. Right now, I'm not getting anything. Right now, I wake up, I watch the game, and I'm just frustrated. I'm just frustrated. I'm waiting for something to go wrong. You know, the injuries is one thing. That's stupid in itself. That's a whole other conversation. But but the fact that you you don't no one knows what the fucking rules are anymore. A game we've been watching our whole fucking life. No one can explain the goddamn rules to me anymore, and it doesn't make sense. It it just doesn't. And I'm incredibly frustrated. The result is irrelevant. Like honestly, at this point, all the results are irrelevant because I don't care. I just I'm watching this frustrated and angry and disappointed every fucking week, every week. Like if you don't win by seven, if you don't win by seven, like. It's pointless. It's pointless because somebody's going to get a handball. Somebody's going to get something like today with Denny Welbeck. Like, the game flips on a fucking dime. The game just changes immediately. And it's it's stupid. To Justin's point, like, the offsides is the offsides. I can live with that shit. Like, the rules are the rules. Whether I like it or not, it doesn't matter. But this is what, – what is this? What, 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 what is this? What is this Danny Welbeck whole, shit? Oh, oh, I just want to get a print. The whole point of, like, the rules being the rules, right, like we're saying – Again, that needs to apply to the people enforcing them too. And just because of the fact that Kevin Friend is watching replays on a fucking slow frame in Stockley Park and can, you know, call the referee for the match to say, look at this on your screen, um, it doesn't mean that every single challenge in the box that's missed is a clear and obvious error. Like Robertson's foot hits, Welbeck gets, a, gets the ball to move at the very, very last second, forcing Robertson's kick where he would have probably cleared it to go through Welbeck's foot. It's, it's a context sport. It's not it, a clear and obvious error. There's no way to interpret it as such. Like, that's the whole point. What's a clear and obvious error? If someone fucking, like, you know, leathers someone and takes them completely out, right? This is not that. This is just not that. What's the applicant? How are they, how are you applying? Once again, the problem itself here isn't with the technology. It's a get with the people applying it and yes. the standard they've set. Right. With the people applying it, it's the standard they've set. The fact that the standard – and when I say the standard, they said I'm using the term extremely loosely because of the fact that they haven't set a standard. They haven't, right? It changes from match to match, referee team to referee team. You're going to get things that are completely different across all of them. Now, look, no we're, we've, got, we've, we've been destroyed by VAR more than any team in the league this year, and my issue with it isn't the technology. It's, once again, the people applying it. 
and not yes. to try to not to try to make baseless conspiracy theories, but it just feels that like when you see this and you have Klopp hitting out at kind of TV sponsors and probably the FA about the TV schedule and allowing his team to be completely decimated and destroyed, that there's going to be some sort of lack of sympathy for Liverpool and Klopp from referees and the, and the league authorities. That's that's going to be the case. These people are human. They carry human biases. And it's not a conspiracy theory. It's just that people are people. And you have to realize that, like, you know, people that uh, they carry those things, which is not which from a refereeing standpoint is what you want to avoid because referees are supposed to be impartial. So where's the accountability? Where's the accountability? There's none. I want to put this motherfucker out in front of a camera. Give him a microphone and tell me, explain to me why that's a penalty on for Welbeck. Explain to me clear and obvious error. Exactly. Well, you can fucking slow frame anything to be a foul. Anything. In the game of football, you slow frame anything enough, it's a contact sport. You're going to get fouls. That's what you're going to see. Like, at a certain point, have the mother... Like, like I... So Simon Brundish posted on Twitter, and I thought the same thing at the time. It's like, have this motherfucker go... If you're going to have him go look at the screen, have him look at it in real time. Have him look have at him it look the at way he time. saw it. Yep. And mic, mic him up. Mic him up. I want to hear why he's changing his opinion. I've seen clips of, like, fucking Aussie football. These guys are mic'd up, and they're live on camera telling you, explaining the process. The guy at the fucking yeah. studio watching bar is explaining the process. It's clear. There's no, like, there's, there's transparency. There's no, like, to Justin's point, now everybody's a goddamn conspiracy theorist because everybody has, everybody feels that fucking the FA has it out for Klopp. Yep. Like, how do you not feel that way at this point with the calls that we saw today? How do you not feel that way? It's just so fucked up. I mean, like, I mean, Justin, you kind of mentioned that. And you know what? It's, it's so annoying that we are talking about this because we should be talking about the James Milner injury. We should be talking about, you know, Henderson coming on and how we looked better in the second half. You know, talking about how we didn't take our chances, how we should have played better in the first half. We should be talking about so many things. But here we are. We're speaking about this fucked up decision that cost us three points. You know, we could have walked away with three points today. And it's an absolute disgrace that, you know, it's, they're trying to make like this stupid level playing field. You know, I don't don't know what it is. And, you know, you speak about conspiracy theories. I said it last season that I feel like these refs are out to sabotage the the technology of VAR so we don't look at it uh, because they kind of, it makes them feel inadequate that they're having to use this kind of special tech. But this season they have gone overboard. It's become really pedantic. It's become too over the top. At this point, I'm okay with giving them their way. Like, just get rid of VAR. At this point, we, I'm okay with we, it. Have the yeah. human error. Fuck it. Have me be and mad and yell at the TV yeah. and say, hey, that's a clear pen. What the fuck? What the fuck? Right now, it's like, that's hey, that's game. not a clear pen. Yeah. What the fuck? What the fuck? Because that Look, is exactly speak- the game. That is exactly the game that we all grew up to love, right? You can have a little bitch and cry ass about the referee, but it's not your system. But the fact that they're actually watching something and in slow time, I said this on Media Matters and I think I was on with Jonathan Northcroft and I said, you can't slow things down because everything... and. Mando, you said this, everything looks bad, slowed down. You have to look at the intention in real time. That is the only way you get it, the intention of real time. Everything looks bad in intention in slow time. Me giving you a dirty look could make you go, go down in the penalty box at this rate. <laughs> too, uh, this, this, is, this is the part that's going to drive me nuts too, right? There are situations where you have clear and obvious errors based on tackles, Right. Robertson's not even trying to tackle. He's trying to kick and clear a bouncing ball. It's not even a fucking tackle. 
And then, and then you look at how Welbeck went down as well. It wasn't an impact straight off. He kind of went back. And, you know, if we're kind of looking at um, the psychology and things, you know, you look at Welbeck, he takes three steps back, something, a light bulb pings in his head, if I can imagine it, to say, I'm going a minute, he's touched me, I'm going to go down. Because yeah, they that's know what's happened. That's exactly what's happened. These players are looking for, for, for handballs. These players are looking to go down in the box even softer yeah. than they have been in the past. Why? Because why not? There's no penalty for this. There's no, like, they have nothing to lose and everything to gain. They A spot kick from 12 feet. They don't card it's ridiculous. dives anymore, by the way. They just don't card dives, right? Right. Basically, all the things about trying to make players more honest, it, it hasn't happened, right? At this point, I want Liverpool players to dive. Fuck it. There's no honor amongst these. Yeah. Yeah, if, if, if everyone's just going to go down, let's just all do it. It's just an absolute disgrace. I mean, it's... See, so Jürgen yeah, Klopp... Really, sp- go on. This, is, this has been ruined for me because I wanted to talk about how, you know, all through all the adversity and getting outplayed by a team that didn't have to play in the midweek, we, you know, fought through it, played really tough, and did what we needed to in order to gain three points and get ourselves clear at the top of the league, right? Three points clear at the top of the league. This, this is the worst result that's ever taken a Liverpool team top that I've ever felt. And, like, I want to have perspective behind the fact that, you know what? We went to a, to a good side. Brighton's a good side, right? We went to a good side away where we had trouble lately, went out, and went top, right? That conversation, even if, if it was a, if, if we had rescued that point from a one, from them scoring their penalty in the first half and Jota's goal, getting us back that point, this conversation's different. We're all in a different mood, but it's just because of the fact that this penalty, which I don't care if it's a foul or not, I don't care. The whole purpose of adjudication of our clear and obvious errors is, it's, it's, it's a farce. What constitutes that? And that's why I'm still going to be pissed because regardless of whatever happened through the rest of that game, right? It's all academic because there's no terror pattern about the, how the Reds played. Everybody's dead. The entire team's hurt. I just wanted to see us scrape through on guts. And we almost did. Mm. I agree with you. And you know what? <laughs> Whilst we're speaking about the, uh, of course, we, we had two um, goals that were chalked off for offside. And I'm going to be honest with you, Amanda, I'm going to come to you. You know, I, I don't know how the graphics are on your side, but here I watched it on BT Sports and they draw these lines across the page. And I am at that stage in my life, of, you know, we talk about conspiracy theories and we've all got them. I actually even think now those lines have been doctored. Yeah, I mean, no, I get this. We get the same lines. Um, they, I still don't understand. What does red mean? What does blue mean? What does yellow mean? It all means that Liverpool's offsides all the time. That's all it means to me. I, I, I honestly, I don't. I just to Justin's point, man. I just want to talk about football. I want to talk about how impressed I was with Nat Phillips. Yeah. I want to talk about is he great? No, is he good? Sure, maybe. You know what? I don't know. Do he tries fucking hard, and I love that. Yeah. I love that a lot. You know, I want. I, I want to talk about you know the the Minamino slander and how people don't really give people a chance anymore. Yeah, Diogo Jota came on, and he's fucking. You know, he's amazing and incredible and he's got end product and he's everything. Minamino hasn't. And so the conversation against him is a little bit skewed. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about how fucking, how, how, you know, James Milner has toughed everything out, and but now we've broken him. 
you know, he's fucking like, okay, James Milner's injured. So who would we bring in now? Like at this point, what's our safety net? You know, it's, it's just, I want to talk and about the, things. And the, captain, and the captain coming off, um, uh, you know, up on the bench and, you know, changing the game in the midfield. You know, these are things that we should be talking about, but you know, you, you focus on the, the shit that went wrong. So you know what? I'm going to actually talk about the game. I, you know what? I feel like this is going to be a constant thing now and we have to get used to it. Um, it's not nice. It's not pleasant. Up until more, more, um, managers come out and speak and more clubs come out and speak. And it becomes like a big conversation to the point where they even threaten to maybe go like we ain't, you know, like there's like some kind of like kind of union strike, which obviously won't happen. But up until you don't make a big kind of protest about it, these fuckers are going to carry on as they're doing because there's no accountability. As both of you guys have said on the previous part of mine where you said in, in the States, in all your, in your, in all your competitive leagues and different sports, the referee is held accountable and they are not in football in England. Yeah, and I mean, it's just, it's, it's just, just hard. hard. If there's no accountability, it's just an old boys club. And we see that. We see that. It's quite fucking obvious. You know, it, it, there, I hate to liken this to like, to like cops, but they're like fucking cops. Right? Like, a cop isn't going to tell on a cop, no matter how dirty the motherfucker is. It doesn't yeah. work that way. And that's what this is. And I hate to fucking put it in that context in the fucking political climate that we're in, but I don't see any other way to explain this off except for, like, these dudes are the fucking, these dudes are cops. Well, to be perfectly honest, actually, a lot of referees were former cops. Um, Howard well, Webb was, in fact, a cop. Well, there you go. Well, that's not shocking in any way, shape, or form. But yeah, I mean, this is that's what that's what this is. And until you until you eradicate that, until you hold accountability, until you go in there and fucking these people have to prove themselves capable of doing this job well year after year, instead of just being like, "Here you go, you're going to be a referee for the rest of your life," till your fat ass fucking decides not to fucking do it anymore. Like that's literally where we're at. Like you get this job and you're in for life. There's no accountability. There's no way to fucking hold them. Like these guys aren't running. There's no fucking physical merit. There's nothing on these guys ever. So at, at what point are we just like, okay, I mean, fuck, I'm in the wrong business. Ultimately. Uh, refer refereeing in the premier leagues, a choose your own adventure, but the adventure almost always ends with you stepping into a giant fiery pit of lava. It's like Joe's versus it's like Joe versus the volcano. Only you die at the end. <laughs> yeah. references going over my head here can, can, can we Joe talk Bruce about the volcano can, is a mid 1980 is a late 80s tom hanks movie where the premise is he's told he has terminal cancer or a terminal illness uh-huh. and he can uh but he can stop a volcanic eruption by uh or he can save save a peoples by stepping into an active volcano and an active human sacrifice it's a very funny movie actually would you do it though no. If you were really- <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to know. I would try to stay long enough, alive long enough to hope that they cure it. <laughs> <laughs> this is how fucked up it is. I'm not asking, would you do a Tom Hanks? Right, guys, you know what? Let's kind of talk about the game. And um, I want to focus on um, the players. And Amanda, I'm going to come to you. Team lineup. Um, talk to me about that one. Uh I think there was a lot of meltdown about Matty, but Jurgen Klopp's being very clever, trying to manage his minutes. And, you know, we've been assured that he's not injured. Hopefully, that is the case. 
just hate that he's not on the bench. Mm. Like, I, I get it. You rested him. But, like, in an emergency, you got to break the fucking glass. And we, like, <laughs> like, what did we do there? Right? Like, I don't And then we've had to play Curtis Jones out, right? And that was an adventure, to, to be kind. Like, why not switch it up and have Hendo play there or, or, or drop to a back three or, like, something else? It just didn't make sense. The lineup itself was fine. People, to Justin's point, people are dead. Like, this team is fucking scraping by. Like, this team is just put together with duct tape and super glue. And we're trying to do the best we can. We just happen to be really good at football to be in these damn games. Like, that's literally it. And this team shows grit. They do show that. They show fight. They show determination. I think personified today, Nat Phillips was that. I thought he was great. You know, there's certain things in this game that, yeah, you like, you know, playing James Milner fucking three games in seven days is not the smartest thing. And this is the only result that's going to happen, regardless of the man's made out of fucking adamantium. It doesn't matter. Like you break down, machines break down, like shit happens. But like the most frustrating thing is like we still are stuck in a position in the Prem where we're playing with three fucking subs, even though people are dropping like flies. And it's not just Liverpool. You look at every team across the goddamn country and you see them dropping like flies. Adam Lallana played like two minutes of football today. I know. The most Adam Lallana thing we have ever seen in the existence of Adam Lallana happened today. And you can't even like do anything but feel bad about it because this is like what else is he supposed to do? What is Brighton supposed to do? Like, what are these teams supposed to do? It's not about, and, and this is a team like Brighton that, that isn't playing midweek. You know, what about the Chelsea's and the Spurs and us and 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 all, and, 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 and yeah. all the teams in Europe? Like, at what point do you care about your teams? Like, that's the best of the best of your product, and you are literally putting them out to slaughter on a weekly basis, having no sympathy, no empathy for the fact that these are human beings. It's just yeah. their cash cows. This is just money. This is just the bottom line. Klopp is very right to be out there outspoken and saying the shit he's saying. Fuck it. If that costs us the league, then it costs us the fucking league. But somebody's got to say it. These are fucking it's people. Not just, it's, not just, it's not just that, but it's also like the, the turnaround time too. If you know a team is like Chelsea and Spurs both played in the midweek, right? Spurs played Thursday. Chelsea played on, I think, Tuesday. You've given them both more recovery time, right? Spurs played an early game because they were in Bulgaria on Thursday and are playing the latest game on on Sunday, right? Now, I have some sympathy for Spurs because I can't remember. Did they go to Ludogorets or did they play Ludogorets? No, no, I, they, I think they played the late game, you know. Spurs played were, the late game. Yeah, but I think, but even though like Spurs, like, you know, to be perfect, and, and this is going to sound awful to come out with if you're talking about Spurs and Chelsea in the context of this, because those two look like our biggest rivals for the title at the moment. We probably could do with some injuries from those sides. And I don't like wishing for injuries, but like, that's probably what it's going to take for us to stay in the title hunt, right? We're decimated. We're not getting anybody back, right? It, getting injured, get, like, having those other teams get injured might be the only way we really stay in the hunt. It sucks to say. It sucks that this is what it's come to. Yeah, it is bad when you're kind of thinking, well, I hope somebody else gets as bad as, you know, as, you know, becomes as unfortunate as, as we are. I was sat there and I was thinking that, you know what, if I could donate my hamstring to one of the Liverpool players, I would. I mean, but maybe need be, it. Yeah, but if you're looking at the, the, the side we put together today, like, you know, we were disjointed and not fluid in the first half. Okay, that makes sense because of the fact that you've got Nico Williams playing 
45 minutes when he's been uh, – he hasn't played a ton of minutes, so he's spiking his minutes quickly. Wijnaldum and Milner look dead, right? Those two are leggy as hell. What do you expect? They've been overplayed. Milner gets hurt. Um, Phillips and Fabinho, you don't want Fabinho – like, look, run, playing at in, playing in center back, makes you, you probably run a lot less than you do at central midfield. Um, Fabinho did get hurt there when his minutes spiked, and Phillips – Playing 90 minutes once every other once every few weeks probably will be fine for him because I don't think he's going to be called on too much. Robertson's going to be the next to go. Um, I can't see how he re- retains any level of fitness if Samikas isn't going to start getting games. And the, fr- the the front is the only place where we can rotate effectively because that's the only place we don't have injuries. Um, I mean, outside maybe Shakiri, who doesn't play a whole lot to begin with. So yeah, I mean, we're going to be top heavy at forward, but. The rest of it's really bare bones. And then you have, like, and coming back to also what Mondo was saying about Minamino, it's unfair to him to have to play as an eight when he's not even getting minutes in his preferred position, right? It's not a position he's played for us before. It's not a position he's used to. And he's also got two midfielders as a platform for him to do any of the things he needs to do in that slightly more advanced position who are running in cement, right? Right. Now, he, we, could, he was, we could talk about the performance, but Minamino was bad. He, he was actively bad today. But the position wasn't the position wasn't there for him to succeed to begin with. And right. in reality, his goal was to make it through 90 minutes without creating another injury for the team. Right. Yeah, his exactly. goal was to run around, cover some space, press a little bit here and there, and don't get injured. That was literally yeah. Yeah. his Justin, instruction today. And Justin, you hit the nail on the head there in, in the sense that you said he was playing alongside two leggy midfielders. Now, imagine if he was in the midfield or he had to play in that position where it was, you know, he had a fully healthy defense and you had Fabinho as your holder and Tiago and him or Akita and him. You know, he's and probably, he's probably picking up the ball in better spaces. A exactly. big problem, a, a big problem with him today, and and this is, I think, a thing. This is probably why he doesn't play that much, right? Every single time he comes into possession with his back to the to a player, he he's gets dispossessed. Weak. Yeah, he's weak. He's, he's dispossessed. Looks, yeah. Too yeah, he needs to find himself in positions getting the ball where he's facing the other team's goal or allowed to turn. Right. If he has, if it's close quarters and he's got a def- and he's got a defender who is not who is on his back is bigger than him, it's not going to work for him. He found himself in those situations the entire time today, and why? Because, I mean, it's not a knock on either. It's not a knock on Jenny Wijnaldum or the you know the nearly thirty five year old incarnation of James Milner, but they don't create space for other players. That's not their game. No, it's it's not their game. And Mando, I'm going to come to you. And we, you know, we're kind of speaking about you know Minamino obviously playing the position that he doesn't really like to play alongside. You know, in this team, kind of makes it. It's kind of like it's like it's almost like this is it throwing shit at a wall, hoping it'll stick. That's effectively what we're doing right now. And uh, you know, of course, um, Nico Williams played right back. Um, he didn't have the best of games. Um, against Atlanta, I think that's fair to say. He started today and um, he gave away a penalty, which was really naive of him. And, you know, but I feel like we're looking at these kids. I want to get your thoughts. And I'll, I'll say it. He didn't have a good game, but we were poor in the first half anyway. He, he wasn't great. You know, I wanted him to have a good game, but, you know. I think it's a scapegoat. We, He's a scapegoat, yes, yes. right? I guess Thank ultimately you. they were all bad. Like name one dude that was good out there today. Jota scored his goal, but was he great? No. He 
he's just really good at scoring goals. He's just at the right spot, and he's, he's, he is a fucking fox in the box and makes shit happen. I love it. But was I'll he give good? You, I'll give you – we had one player who was good. Nat Phillips was good. Uh, two players then. Allison Becker was fantastic. Yes. He was good, yes. Oh, God, he frustrates me. Like He, he falls like a tree. You watch – taking penalties, there's not even a dive. He literally just leans over and falls every fucking time to his right. It's frustrating. Aside from that, yeah, he was fine. But 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 they were all bad. So like to say Nico Williams, yeah, he he made a stupid mistake. He made a stupid mistake. Like, but he's not the only dude to to give away a stupid penalty this season for us, much less ever. Like that shit happens. Like, okay? And it didn't cost us. So like, cool. But People are going to use it as a scapegoat. They like to pick a player. A few months ago, it was Ginny Wijnaldum. What does he do? A few months before that, it was another player. We like to pick and harp and say, this guy is shit. But we all know damn well that all, every one of these players we need, especially this season. So, like, beating down Nico Williams is going to get us nowhere. Like, we probably should be building up Nico Williams a little more for his confidence mm-hmm. sake. Yes. Right? Like, yeah. we need a confident so, Nico Williams out there. We want him to fucking pass the ball. He's timid. He's not out there playing a comfortable fucking game because he knows that he's going to get slaughtered. He's literally going to get slaughtered at the end of that game, regardless of what the fuck happens. But and also, like, what could he do? What could he do today aside from provide two assists and fucking maybe score a goal that would have got people off his back? Honestly. I mean, speaking about Nico Williams, it looks like we're going to have to go forward with him um, because obviously Trent's out. So, you know, he's going to have to go in. Um, uh, Milner's out. We don't know how long uh, the machine has broken. I mean, Justin, I'll come to you with regards to, um, you know, if Nico Williams is playing right back, are we going to have to look at the situation with maybe like a, with a more Salah? Because as we all know, um, it's an instruction. You can tell it's an instruction, but Sadio Mane offers more cover down the left. So do you think it might have to be a change up of a situation where we're requiring a bit more from um, Mo Salah down the right to, you know, to kind of help him out, to kind of shield him a little or maybe change the personnel on the midfield on the right hand side? I think that once you get a healthier midfield, the Nico Williams situation. Because, all right, so I'm, I'm going to preface this. I, I do not think that Nico Williams, in the end, has what it takes to be a Liverpool player, just because I just think that he's, I think he's relatively ordinary. I think he's a professional footballer. I just don't necessarily think he's going to make it at Liverpool. This is not an insult. We're the elite of the elite. Not every single person who makes it through here is going to be is, is going to play for us in the long term. Um, but I think the reality is he's going to get targeted right now because teams can see that. Especially look at today, right? He was targeted repetitively because of the fact that the player who's on his side in the defense is Nat Phillips. You, I, anybody who's drawing up a game plan to play against the Liverpool side today targets that side of the pitch. Of course, of course. You're, you're an idiot if you go at the Fabinho Robertson side, right? Because those two are very, very, are, are very, very good, and the other two are very young and inexperienced. Uh, very good and very loaded with experience versus very young and inexperienced. Nico's issue for me is just that he's. Um, I think he lacks some tactical now. So I think having a midfield, I think having Henderson near him, probably Henderson or Thiago or Fabinho near him in the midfield um, would help because they'll cover for him. He takes the bait on taking the space that other teams give him to come forward, and then they just play him behind him. Atalanta did that did that ad nauseum on uh, Wednesday, which is why there's a there's a tweet going around with Nico stats from the Tactical Times. They're devoid of context because of the fact that, yeah, he was allowed to play the most passes, progress the ball the most, because you'd lull him up the pitch, 
And then you go in behind him because you're taking advantage of the fact that he doesn't understand the, these types of situations. He hasn't played in them very much. And he has he's not really used to being targeted because at the U23 level, he was probably better than everybody else. And you don't target the player who's better than everybody else. So there's a growth curve and there's a learning curve there. I think that having a healthier midfield that keeps the ball and keeps us territorially dominant probably helps. I think Joel Matip playing behind him on the right side of the defense also probably helps. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just been an, I think it's really been a very unfair situation for him to find himself in where he's stepping in at the right back, but who is playing at right center back behind him is a revolving door because I think Matip was actually playing on the left against Atalanta. I can't remember if Matip or Reese Williams is playing on the left or the right against Atalanta right now. It's slipping my mind. But either way, it's still not a settled back four. They're not used to playing with each other. And you have a right back who, in our system, our fullbacks are how are, are, are largely how we're going to attack. You know, Tiago is bought to mitigate that, but thanks to a complete dipshit taking him out, we haven't gotten to see that. So it, it, it is what it is. I feel for the player, but he's allowing himself to get pulled into situations where he is getting exposed. Some of, that's, some of that comes with experience with learning how to deal with those situations. And some of them, I, I fear to say, just might be that he is a step slower than we need for the system that we play, both in attack and defense. Yeah, I agree with a lot of that. Mm. A lot of it. Um, Long term, he's not the answer. Um, Unfortunately, he's going to have to be the answer here short term, Um, at least until somebody like Ox comes back, at least. Mm. Like, I'd give Ox a run right now, aside from if he was healthy over Nico. Just because he's not as slight, just because he has a little bit more pace, he's experienced, he's done that a little bit wing back for for Arson. Um, I'd be comfortable with that. But... I think to your point and to your question, then I don't I don't want to sacrifice what we have with Mo being aggressive and on the front foot and looking for space and playing on the back shoulder and making the runs to cover. That would definitely be a hindrance to our attack. It works on on the opposite side because Sadio Mane is a specimen. Yes, <laughs> he's he is a special human being, um, but we can't expect that from every player. Uh, and honestly, I don't think Mo has the the defensive capabilities that Sadio has either. Um, So I wouldn't want to see that. I think Justin made the valid point. We just need more bodies in midfield that are able to, to assist and cover the flanks. Um, You know, we're not good at really changing our need to find bodies to be able to make that happen. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think Gags is when you're kind of. I think. I think what I want to say is, um, uh, we see a lot on social media, and you know we're all active on Twitter, and um, you know we see a lot of this is bullshit. We're playing crap, and you know in the first half it wasn't great, and you know I feel like we we have to kind of accept the fact that this isn't the Liverpool of last season. No, and, it's not because we can't control anything. Mm, and because of the team that we have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it isn't. It, it very much isn't. Last season, we had mostly good opportunities to rest players. Um, we did, you know, look, we were the best team in England by a mile last season. We're probably the best team in England right now, still through the beginning of this season, right? Um, I mean, as of this exact moment, we're at the top of the pile. Um, probably won't be come end of day tomorrow, but... We're at the top of the pile right now with a dead squad, right? With, with a squad that's just decimated by injuries. It's not going to be as easy as it was last season. We were so much better than everybody else. 
we were riding the peak of a wave that you know at the moment is definitely uh crashing to crashing to the shore and dissipating you just got to hope that it reforms in time to uh you know take it carry us through to the end of the season but we're not going to look good it doesn't matter right right now the only thing that matters is getting results if you're going to sit there and want the uh, the slick performance that you got against Leicester last week, every single game this season, it's just not going to happen. You're not going to get it. Cherish the ones like that Leicester match because that was absolutely incredible. But, you know, there's going to be a lot like today too. And we almost got away with it today. And I want to say almost got away with it. I mean, kind of our plan was to probably just go in there and whatever was necessary to win, do. We almost did that. But, you know, due to... uh, a, a, due to a conflagration of uh, different things that weren't down to uh, the plan, we didn't. But you're going to see performances like this, and you're just going to have to get used to it. And, you know, we're going to look like shit. You don't have to tell everybody we look like shit. Everybody can see who's watching it with two eyes that we look like shit. And, uh, you know, take into account the context. Like, th- th- that's all you can do. Not every single player is going to be great every single week because they're all being overplayed. The only guys who get sufficient rest really are going to be Sadio, Bobby, Mane, and uh, and Jota. I meant to say Salah. I said Sadio and Mane. It's could, the front could four. We, ta- we, we talk about Mo being pissed off today? Yeah, like I saw your tweet. I, I'm saying I like it, dude. But motherfucker, you had coronavirus like two days ago. Shut the fuck up. Like, go sit the fuck down. Honestly. Like, we don't know. Like, dude, nobody knows how that shit affects lungs long-term. Nobody knows shit. Bro, shut the fuck up. Like, honestly, go sit your ass down. Like, I love Mo. Don't get me wrong, to... dude. But come on, and dude. It's a player who's fired up to perform. That's the that, that's that's going to be the thing that you're going to see, right? These guys all yeah, want Yeah, I love that. Don't get me wrong. I love that. Yeah. I love the fire in the belly. I love he's a winner. He wants that shit. I get it. But, dude, my, let's be realistic. Shut the fuck up and sit down. Yeah. Mando's pointing to context that like you've literally just come back from like a deadly virus. Literally, like yeah. two days ago, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. dude, just sit down and shut the fuck up. You know who's yeah. replacing you? Sadio Mane. Very capable replacement. Don't worry about it. Take a breath. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, you know, like, we love seeing anger and frustration. You want to see your players being like, nah, I can stay on. I can score a goal. You know, I've got it. And, you know, and you love to see that. And uh, let's not forget, you know, um, uh, Mosala um, set off Jota, right? You know, so he got an assist. You know, he probably fancied a goal himself. In healthy situations, yes, but you you have to look at things and you kind of have to think, yeah, well, I understand why that happened. In an ideal world, we, you want your full front three to be, you know, on the same pitch at the same time, but it is what it is. But they did. That was um, that was great, by the way. Um, uh, even better than your tweet, Mando. Uh, <laughs> We're officially seven points worse off uh, than last season, so context is in order. Okay, Del, uh, cheers for that. Um, Justin, I'll I'll come to you because although it wasn't like it wasn't it wasn't great, and we you know um, certainly in the first half. Um, I want to kind of talk about just little. Um, you know, you spoke about Jota. I think Mando did, and he said, you know, he didn't have the best game, but you know, literally made a goal out of nothing. You, I mean, th- there were like. In short peaks, but little moments of brilliance. Like I, I still think that goal that had Mosala stood obviously it was offside, but that ball from Allison to Firmino, and then that gorgeous pass from Firmino to Mosala, and then he scores that goal. I mean, he, despite being absolutely wretched, 
there are still moments of brilliance. And I think that's what we cling on to, right? It's the hope of that like, we can do those things. I think that's why you shouldn't maybe lose your shit as a Liverpool supporter. That's exactly why you shouldn't lose your shit as a Liverpool supporter. We still have by far the best attack in the league, right? Those four guys are the best at what they do. We can still flat out outscore teams. It's like, if you think that the league's gone because of this one result against Brighton that's colored by all sorts of controversy, pick a new sport. It's going to be tight. We're not going to walk the league like we did last year. So, like, we might not even win the league. It's possible. But you know what? The players that we have are still capable of putting up a hell of a fight. And even when we played with no control, you know, in the 17-18 the season, we made it to a Champions League final, unleashing hell against people, and played a second half of the season where we downright dominated a lot of teams by unleashing chaos. We just have to – it's going to be going back to that more often than – people are used to from last season where we could just settle in and control and destroy teams. We don't have the option to do that anymore. So it's going to be relying on individual brilliance, the individual brilliance of Allison, the individual defensive brilliance of brilliance of Joel Matip when he, when he plays, which by the way is very high. He is an exceptionally good defender Our fullbacks when they can get ready, when they, when they're both in full swing, that's going to, that's going to be part of it. And then you just have to hope that the midfield comes back enough to basically give us functional midfields that we can use most weeks to create chances, but that's the path. And that's what we need. We need players to come back from injury until that happens. Everything's going to look like this. So settle down and just hope that more things go our way than don't. Yeah. We're just going to win ugly. That's just it. It's going to be ugly to Justin's point. And in those ugly games, you know, what's going to carry you across the fucking line is moments of brilliance. That's literally all we have to look forward to. Mm -hmm. We have to sit there, watch the game, clinch our teeth, know it's going to be gritty and ugly 80% of the time, and then it'll be like, to your point, how Mo scored on the transition, even though it was called back, moments of brilliance. That touch by Bobby, that the finish by Mo, all those things, millimeter, that's a goal, right? So those those are the things that we are going to have to rely on. Yeah, absolutely. And that shit is fun, too. Trust me. I well, let me that, <laughs> that shit is fun, too. I want to ask you guys actually a question, right? Go back to Klopp's first full season, first time we made it into the Champions League. Mm. We played away at Stoke in April. What do you guys remember from that game? <laughs> Nothing. Bob, Bob, no, you remember Bobby Firmino's ridiculous strike when he comes on as a sub Shit, from about yes, 30 yes. yards away. Yeah, yeah, and you remember yeah, yeah. Philippe Coutinho scoring a ridiculous goal to Navis the winner. Yes, right? I do We won that game 2-1. Yes. to one. You don't remember the fact that we were garbage for 75 minutes of it because moments of brilliance make you forget that shit. Yeah, you can be dog shit. It's okay. And I'm fine being dog shit as long as we get three points. And today we should have had that. We were robbed of two, but that's part of it all. This whole season is going to be this way. And to Justin's point, we're still capable of winning this league. Will we? Time will tell. And it's all dependent on how quick we can get back. And not just how quickly we can get back, but how long we can stay fit. That's literally what the season is dependent on. And even if we aren't fit, we are still capable of winning all of these games. Absolutely. Well, um, Lubos just put in a, a tweet from James Pierce here. Klopp confirms that Milner has had a hamstring problem and says neither Thiago nor Oxley will be back for the games against Ajax or Wolves. Womp, wet blanket. Thanks, Lubo. Yeah, I mean, 
<laughs> what did people like? This is this is the part that's going to get frustrating, right? It's going to be Henderson and Wijnaldum. Wijnaldum's going to get hurt. He's going to. There's no way that a guy can keep playing the minute load that he is and not have his body break. So Jurgen's like, like I, I know that Jurgen never wants to do anything rash like playing a back three, but you might end up seeing that at some point in the next few yes. weeks. And don't be surprised because it's out of force necessity. We've seen him do it before, right? Jenny played left played left center back against Brighton in the past, but he might try to have to do something to save some of these players' legs because Ginny and Henderson in the two in midfield where you have Henderson coming back from an injury and Ginny basically, uh, you know, running on fumes. And I guess maybe, you know, you, I guess you mix Curtis Jones and uh, Takumi Minamino in there because, you know, needs must. I, Minamino didn't have his best game today. Um, but quite frankly, due to injuries, he's going to get chances. So needs must. They need to do what they can. But Jurgen's going to have to uh, potentially change some things because, you know, good management is effectively adopting to what, adapting to what you have available and making the best of it. And it might not be the, the way in which you want to play. Can we talk about how handcuffed Jurgen is, though? Like, honestly, in-game subs, we can't tactically change anything. At this point, it's just save your subs until somebody dies because they're going to. Yeah. Yeah. You can like, he cannot sub and say, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. I need you to attack here and there. What he says is, hey, that guy's on the floor. Just do what he was doing. Yeah. It's exactly that. And um, I actually, when a player goes down, I am literally just holding my breath and thinking, oh my God, please be okay. And my positive takeaway from Atlanta game literally was, I'm just so glad there's no injuries. That is a frightening thought to have. That yeah, and the collateral the damage game. was today though. You know, the yeah. collateral damage was today. Like Milner yeah. had enough, those yeah. types of things. And it's just the wear and tear and I'm playing three it, games back to back. It's incredibly frustrating. It's incredibly frustrating that like things aren't made in a way that protects your product, that protects your players, that protects these people and and allows them to put on the best, you know, on a weekly basis. It's a shame that these people are run out there you know, as a cash cow with no concern for their health or their well-being or, or, or anything else. You know what I mean? Like, it's just really tough to watch in, in all reality, knowing the context and knowing the state of everything in the world. And, and watching this is just, it just gets more frustrating. It's like, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. Two plus two doesn't make four. It just lines pockets, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've got a little side little question for both of you, actually. Um, you know, how, you know, there was a lot of talk of, uh, about a couple of months ago about, you know, this potential Super League and, you know, um, they're trying to make advanced talks about it. And, you know, people had, again, conspiracy theories. It's a bit of a, well, from, you know, from the English team's perspective, it's a bit, it's, you know, a lot of people saw it as very greedy. And a lot of people saw it as a big fuck you to the FA, you know, from, from the bigger teams because, you know, literally the referees are just completely and, you know, the FA are just completely taking the piss. And, you know, he, at first initially I was like, no, I, I love us in the Premier League. This is where it should be. This is how it should be. I mean, the more you think about it, I mean, we don't know the full ins and outs of it, but like, I can understand why they want to just break away. And um, obviously you guys live, you know, live across the pond and, you know, you guys have like, you know, your NFLs and your, your baseballs and, you know, teams don't get relegated. And I think that was one of the, you know, these were the kind of proposals that these teams had. So I'd like to get your thoughts. I mean, how, 
do, do you think that uh, some of this is stemmed from maybe just breaking away from this bullshit, I don't know, um, organization, Justin? Oh, well, I was hoping you'd, you know, let me make my Chris Wilder rant today. Go on. Um, yeah, fuck the Premier League. Fuck them. Like, I, I, this, is, this league is, is making itself a joke, right? It is. What's the standard of refereeing? Looking at clubs like uh, Burnley and Sheffield United being against the whole five subs rule, which, you know, really isn't going to do a ton to mitigate injury. It'll just help spread minutes out. But why aren't they doing that? Because with all the money they're getting from being in the Premier League, their owners don't want to spend money to build larger sides. So, you know, their managers who also who are operating under strict or under more limited budgets want to do that to play to their advantage as well. Now, I hope that they realize that they're self-defeating. And once the uh, festive period comes down, you know, Chris Wilder is basically going to be suiting up, you know, 13-year-olds to play uh, to play as his overlapping uh, fucking center backs. But, you know, I, I just don't feel like having a league where basically uh, you're supporting the likes of a, a Chris Wilder or a Sean Deitch to, uh, you know... To, to do much is, is something that I'm really into at the moment. Now, I'm just saying this because I'm angry and I hate those two guys. But um, I, I do like, actually, the Premier League and I, and I like but I liked winning it last year. But, yeah, I can see where the frustration is coming from because of the fact that, like, you know, we're competing on all fronts. Why do we want to compete on these fronts when one of these leagues is dead set to, against us uh, getting the right amount of recovery time for our players? Like, you know, there was no reason to move the game against Leicester back to a Sunday just to have us go, just to, you know, have to go to the Champions League on Wednesday. The Champions League calendar is far more restrictive than the Premier League one because the Premier League one has multiple different TV slots. The Champions League one really has four. The Premier League has a lot more. And then shifting us into playing the earliest game after, you know, a European, I mean, even if home or away, it's still a European game, not even giving a full 72 hours to recover. I can understand why Jurgen Klopp would be really pissed at that. Like, why would you want to even deal with both of those competitions when you could just play in one that gives you the benefit of the both of both? That said, I don't want to play Real Madrid twice a year because that would bore the shit out of me. I I mean I don't like the Super League idea per se. Um, I just think the players' association, I think coaches' association, I think there just needs to be more of a stand on and just not allow this shit to happen. I mean, ultimately they got to try to take some power back, whether it's a CBA type situation or something, they got to figure it out. Mm. Um, as far as the super league, it, to me, it's not, it's not fun. It's going to get boring. The, the allure of, of, of champions league is you're getting to play these teams. You know, you're getting to, to play the Reals, you're getting to play the Barcelona's, the Bayern's. Um, and it's like that's a what makes it fun. Roulette, isn't it? Because you don't yeah. play them every single season. It's like, oh, I'm going to play maybe two great teams. Or, you know, like you you will not play Barcelona every season. And when you do get a Barcelona, it's like, well, we've not had them in eight years or 15 years or whatever it is. You know? Yeah, I mean, you don't want to take away the mystique of European football. I mean, we yeah. all love it. That That is that is ingrained in the culture of football. And it, it's, it, you know, it's we're currently taking enough away from the game to be taking that away too. Um, and secondly, I just, I like the concept of, of, of promotion and relegation. I love that. Yeah, I do. I do. You know, it makes the, it makes the bottom feeder games important. It makes, it makes the games, you know, important and, and that's fun. And I wish that some U S sports did a little bit of that because it, it allows for people to be, be comfortable in mediocrity, you know, and as I a Cleveland Browns that. fan, 
as a Cleveland Browns fan, I would have hoped those motherfuckers would have been relegated decades ago because they deserve to be. Mm. It would light a fire under some of these owners' asses. The Jets would be better because they'd have to invest in I want in the, the Jets team. relegated so I can get my fucking Sundays back. Oh, well, fair. You see? But <laughs> I can't argue with that. I can't, I can't argue with that. <laughs> For, for premise, for anybody who has no understanding or knowledge of the NFL, um, I'm a New York Jets fan. The New York Jets uh, coming into play into this week are 0 and 10. Um, that's not good. They are not going to win a game this season. Who is he the equivalent of in football in soccer? The Jets. Who would they be the equivalent of? They don't exist. They're that bad. Yeah, no, no. I, 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 can, I can give you an answer <laughs> right now. Newcastle United. Oh. <gasps> Uh, that's oh. disrespectful. That's disrespectful. You have to Newcastle. Oh shit! <laughs> like that is disrespectful to Newcastle. I'm sorry. Huge stadium, passionate fan base. Uh, not good result. But let's let's. let's I mean, but going going back to the topic at point handy, right? Like I, I I like the Premier League. I like the concept of promotion or relegation and the mystique of playing against like you know. That Barcelona tie, we hadn't played Barcelona since 2006 in, 19, in, in 2019, right? The two images that I have associated with my head in Barcelona right now are Craig Bellamy swinging a fake golf club. Oh, and, beautiful. And Leo Messi walking around the uh, Anfield turf downtrodden. I want those to be the two images and I have Momo in Barcelona Sissoko in my head. having a game. Yeah. Momo Sissoko, remember him? Oh, he absolutely destroyed them. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it was also... The the master stroke of Sissoko and uh, Arbeloa basically, you know, denying Messi the ball and when he touched it, just you know taking him taking him out, you know, swung a two leg swung a two leg tie and won won us that match at the Camp Nou. Uh, but I like having those as my memories in this. I don't want to sit there and remember like you know a random Europe you know European Super League. Like you just like you just asked me, yeah, you just asked me about February twenty twenty two. Yeah, you just asked me about the, about the Stoke City game about Jurgen Klopp's full season and literally. Because we played Stoke City week in, week out when they were in the Premier. Well, not week in, week out, but twice, twice a season. Um, you know, well, and they were, you know, whilst they were in the Premier League, and I completely forgot what actually happened in the game because it was just like meh. I know it's like Stoke City, but you don't want those memories to be of the the likes of like your Barcelonas and you know your Juventuses. I I completely get it. I do. It should be a treat. That's what makes European football so so exciting, and you know. And that's what makes the Champions League trophy so valuable, right? I mean, mm. when we went out and we 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 won it, you know, it, in Madrid, and that the whole journey to that, you know, playing Bayern and having having Sadio skin newer away, all those memories and all those things get taken away, you know, and you don't you don't want that. You don't want to like water this down. Like that trophy is the most important trophy in football for a reason. Right, it's 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 what everybody talks about. Madrid was after thirteen. It's what everybody talks about. Barcelona is behind us, and they're going to continue to be behind us. And that's what we fucking love. That we love that. We love seeing the patch, and we love seeing the six. And these fools have a five, and it's like, ah, you suck, motherfucker. Like those things matter, dude. Like I don't know. It's just I don't want anything to be watered down. I just want the Premier League to fix it. Get your shit together, motherfuckers. Like get it together, bro. That's literally all we're asking. And I mean, I'm in the U.S. Justin's in the U.S. Like, and we care like a lot about this shit, like probably more than we do about the NFL, more than we do about the NBA. I'm not going to say more than we do about baseball, but that's okay. Um, You'd be wrong. You'd be wrong. Because if you did, you'd be wrong. I care a lot about baseball. 
That's what I'm saying. So I know. But but at the end of the day, like you don't want this to continue. Like there has to be something done because the game is literally losing its luster in a domestic competition and a domestic competition that in the past has been really enjoyable. Like the Premier League is a grind. The Christmas period is a grind. Like everybody knows it. And in but it's enjoyable. It's part of like it I don't know, man. It's just really frustrating to see something you love so much like get broken and 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 fucking throw, become a dumpster fire i guess i mean i don't know if any of you guys have uh, go on just let you finish and then i'll ask my question uh, I, and i think and i think the point that everyone needs to lose here is like the issue here isn't that the products the premier league or the champions league or like all the other cup competitions are broken it's the fact that the schedule in this season is so compressed that you're that they're watering down the product by basically by, by basically ensuring that you're seeing kids who should be developing and playing either on low and lower leagues or you know in, in the reserve in the reserve size or under twenty threes for these clubs are getting thrust into situations where they're being forced to play um, a lot of minutes really early in their careers, which contrary to people's thoughts, like younger guys can't actually carry as much of a load as people would think. The whole you're younger and you have more energy thing is actually wrong. You actually hit a physical peak, and that's when you could probably create your most output. You're going to hurt players in your peak right now from having a schedule this compressed, and you're going to ruin some young players by overplaying them way too early because of this. That's the problem. There's no concern for any of the players. That's what's creating all of these problems is basically treating players like they're basically just going into a giant sausage machine and getting ground. I am so glad you made a food processing analogy because I was going to say this is like cornstarch syrup. It's so bad for you. But people yeah. are just so addicted to it because neutrals love all this drama. Like, there's probably loads of neutrals watching that game thinking, yes, Liverpool lost some points there. And it's actually really bad because you're talking about the impact of the players and the injuries and the effect that it's having. And Justin, I was actually going to speak, you know what, you spoke about the scheduling and how grilling it is. And you know what, um, you know, the show is pre-season, come back out, play this football. And I guess what I kind of want to ask both of you is, um, the question I was going to ask, and you've teed me up quite nicely, Justin, is the fact that I actually just want Liverpool to just get something done against Ajax ASAP. Because it's literally, I just want to take a little bit of pressure off that we don't have to worry about the middle game. And then we have a little break from Champions League football. I mean, that in itself could be a massive blessing. Yeah, that's what was frustrating with the Atlanta result, right? It's like, (laughs) you wanted to to scrape something by. I mean, ultimately, the goal was just to be healthy, but you wanted to come out with something. And we didn't. And that's okay. You just move on and turn the page. But it turned out to not be okay because now we're decimated even more so with injury. Now we have to look at Ajax, and that's got to be a high-intensity matchup. And we got to make sure we take care of business there. If not, we're setting ourselves up for another high-intensity matchup just to to get through. And it, it... I don't know. I just think I just think it's 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 really tough to like to 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 understand and comprehend how demanding that is with 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 you know the intensity and the level that these guys have to play in um how little training they're actually getting, how little time they're actually getting to put in game plans to 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 figure out, you know, how they want to play against certain teams tactically. At this point it's just like, "Hey man, just get get by." It's just, it's just get by. And that's what kind of like, what kind of strategy is that? You know, like in a year where everything has changed so much in everybody's lives, people working from home and, and you can't even go to the damn store and having to wear masks and all these things and, and, and people taking precautions and people, you know, amending their lives for, for, for the greater good a lot of times. 
I'm not saying my sister. Why are? Why are? That's what I'm saying. Why can't? Why can't the Premier League? Why can't these leagues amend? Why can't we play less games this year? I don't think anybody would really give a fuss too much. Why can't we do certain things to amend this season? The NBA played in a bubble. They had a shortened season. Fucking the World Series was played at a fucking neutral site. Every sport in the world is doing things if they want to make it happen. But they're doing things in a way to try to make it safe, and they're changing, and they're trying to – what is what is what, what is the Premier League doing to try to change, to try to acquiesce, to try to, you know – amend their processes in a way that is safe, that is responsible and that is fucking the right way to do things. They're not, they're not. Well, for me, it's not even, but I think that that, that short sells the problem because part of the issue is not just the premier leagues doing this. We've had two senseless international breaks. Now I'm not an epidemiologist. Great point. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an epidemiologist. I don't play one on TV, but I'm pretty sure that sending people from place to place where you have potential COVID spikes versus not knowing that also this is a disease that occasionally presents itself completely asymptomatically, much like Mosala basically, you know, was you might, you might, cre- you might introduce outbreaks into places where they're not like first off from just a public health perspective, it's irresponsible just to send people ar- ar- around that much. And secondly, if you're not giving pl- like, like where's the, you know, then you also bring in the UEFA competitions, the champions league compressing their schedule. Cause Remember, the Champions League group stages, you used to play every two or three weeks. It's every week yes. for six weeks yep. right now. Yep, yep. Right? It, it, it's, it, they're good, you know, because it starts much earlier. Every, it, it's, it's the fact that they compress the first month off of the season. They're going to end the season basically on time. They put everything in the middle there, and they just compressed every single portion of competition. Like, what was the point in that? Like, first off, I can tell you this much. The League Cup shouldn't have been played at all this year. The FA Cup's going to present a whole mess of problems. It's quite simple. Yeah. They've overscheduled everything. And yeah. it's, not just, it's not just the Premier League. It's the FA. It's UEFA. It's FIFA. And in a time where people are really hurting, the necessity to do these things for... We know why it's happening. None of these people want to lose their revenue streams. The necessity for the, for the super rich to continue to make a quick buck is going to harm the, the, their, their labor pool, right? Not to try to get all... You know, not to try to bring a Marxist labor dialectic into this, but like, that's what this basically is. These guys are so in making their money that they're going to ruin their product. And the problem is with them, people are instantly getting hurt because they're overplayed. People mm. will stop watching as much. That mm. has happened. Yeah, I've seen those of people tweet saying, fuck this, I'm not watching this anymore. This is, a disgrace you know um guys graham potter is a manager who i actually deeply respect and brighton were better than us in every single phase of the game getting the point in the way in which they did hurts but um they probably deserved it on the balance of things and um that's not a side i particularly wish to see relegated because i actually like when lower table sides try to play football yeah i'd say they have a good brand of football as well i mean i just i don't have much to add to that to be honest i just think you know um we just need to be realistic as fans on the season and the way we watch it and approach it it'll save ourselves a lot of a lot of stress
um, if we're just realistic. Um, realistic doesn't mean that we can accept poor results or, or, or what have you, but realistic is to say, hey, it's going to be ugly and we got to accept it. And, you know, you're just fucking making an ass out of yourself for crying about everything all the damn time, in my opinion. But nevertheless, we can get no, to I, the match. I, I agree with you. Before I get to man the match, I mean, guys, this has been a really, really tough season. Um, uh, in terms of watching a sport and in terms of what we're all having to deal with on, on a personal level. So, I mean, have you got, have you been doing anything that you usually wouldn't do to kind of keep your mind off things, to stay cool, to stay calm? You know, if, if we're helping people in any way, is there, is there a hobby that you've taken up? Anything? Do you want to share it? I'll share mine. I've started cooking. I make everything from scratch. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Justin. I've been just getting on my bike more, uh, you know, mm-hmm. just trying to keep my legs moving because um, I think it's it is kind of easy when you know g- when you know gyms are kind of places that can yeah that you know that aren't that don't feel the most sanitary at the moment. It's pretty easy to yes. stay sedentary, and I'm just trying to do things that keep me from not doing that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've been trying to stay active. Um, yeah. Thanksgiving just passed here in the states, and um, I was fortunate enough to be able to help a couple families with their dinners. Um, so that was really nice um, and really rewarding. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think ultimately in a time like this, um, the world can, can, we all can use a little help. And, uh, I, I think that's, that's really important. So I'm actually glad you asked Nina. No, I, I completely agree. Agree. There's nothing more nourishing to the soul than being in service of other people. You know, um, I think it's absolutely important and more crucial more so than ever right now, because a lot of people are absolutely struggling. And I know the work that Justin does and, you know, what they do over in New York as well, you know, so I, I think it's incredible. And um, I think we should all do our little bit and be in service of people. If you know of a family that's struggling, help them. Literally, you will feel great. And you, you don't understand how big it will be for that person. And, you know, <clears throat> I, I just think that is something that we can all do in any way, shape or form, in, in any capacity. I mean, guys, football, um, Liverpool are moving into Tier 2. Uh, fans will be back. Um, just a quick um, word on this. I think it's going to be huge for Liverpool just to have 2,000 fans cheering them on. I think it's an unnecessary risk and a bad idea. Apparently, they, they will be sitting far me. away. Okay. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. It's unnecessary. Some things are necessary. You know, medical procedures. Mm. Some things are necessary to be around and and, and 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 whatever. That's not one of them. Fair enough. Uh, there, yeah. there, is, there is no right or wrong answer to this. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you're absolutely spot on in terms of there's a, a deadly virus and we should all do our bit to stay away. Like, I am still pretty much not seeing anyone. You know, I'm, I'm wearing tier three anyway. So, um, but even when they tried relaxing the rules, I stayed as I was in like February, like sanitizing my groceries. I still do that. The issue is, Nina, we're, we're human and human mm. nature is, we're all fatigued by this. Don't get me wrong. But like, the issue is that like you give people an inch and they're going to take two, right? Yes, yes. So, and that's fine. Like that's human nature. No one's, I'm not here to judge anybody or whatever. Um, I just really like, would want people to be cognizant. I've lost family members to this. Um, so I just really, mm-hmm. when I speak, I speak out of personal experience. Yeah. So like I would really want people to take this serious and continue to understand that as fatigued as we all are, it's for the greater good. Like we're all missing things. We're all missing moments. We're all missing friends and we're missing family. And 
a lot of people are missing their livelihoods, you know? So like to rush things back, I was mad when the world series had fans. I was mad. It's just unnecessary. Like we're already used to watching this shit on TV, like in silence, like just let it be. There's going to be a time and a place. What's the rush? What's the vaccines rush? Vaccines are coming. Like vaccines are coming. What's There's, the rush? This is this is the part that's always going to drive me most nuts, right? And it's the fact that like if you if you know the vaccines are coming and basically there there is kind of like you know an end date on the horizon, take more precautions towards the end. That makes that means that it's even more ridiculous to then create a situation where more people can potentially get sick. It just feels ridiculous I mean, to me. We've if been there's laxing. A short, yeah. We've been laxing and laxing little by little. And like LA yesterday or today is announced that on Monday, we're going to go back into lockdown. Why? Because we should have never been out of lockdown. Let's be honest. Like, let's be responsible. Let's care about our neighbors. Let's care about our grandparents. Let's care about our fucking neighbors' grandparents. It doesn't, it's not that hard to be kind. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. It's not that hard to be responsible. It doesn't cost anything. Like, be good to your brothers, to your sisters. Like, just fuck, man. Like, I, I'm a passionate ass person, dude. And mm. um, this, you're not gonna find me be more passionate about anything more than this. Like, you guys, we just gotta fucking take care of ourselves, man. Like, honestly, I don't care who you voted for. I don't care what your political identity is. I don't care fucking what your likes or dislikes are. I don't care. You deserve to be valued and protected. I deserve to protect you and you deserve to protect me as strangers. We're all in this shit together and we're all going to lose somebody and we've all been impacted by it. And it's unfortunate and it's ugly and it's fucking the worst shit that any of us probably have ever experienced. But an inconvenience of wearing a mask and an inconvenience of fucking sanitizing your hands and keeping your distance is a small inconvenience to pay for fucking people's lives, for memories, for Mm -hmm. future moments. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just not worth it. And I'm not trying to go on this rant or be political or, or, or this is human. Yeah. And, and I, I get a lot of joy from random people. I get a lot of joy from smiles from strangers. And it doesn't cost anything to, to care about that and to want that again and know that in due time it'll come. But like rushing it isn't going to do it. And it's just going to cost us more and more like that's it like that's literally it i don't think i want to go on with this podcast and i think that is probably the best note to end it on please be safe be vigilant wear a mask i mean i don't think we can say anything more than that i mean guys thank you so much for for joining me on this podcast thank you so much for listening um amanda and uh, justin um before i let you go can you um let people know where they can find you on twitter justin i'll come to you first yeah you can find me at rolls on shabbos i talk about a lot of nothing follow him he's awesome and amanda where can people find you on twitter uh, you guys can find me at armando and google 12 um but yeah uh and i don't talk about much either but ultimately um just look out after each other, everyone. That's all. That's all. I don't think there's anything more that needs to be said to, to Nin's point. That's it. Thank you so much for listening to the Nina Kauza Show. Take care and be safe and up the reds.
Podcast Network.